Oh, that was a bit anticlimactic. I thought we were organic. Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 10 of the RIP podcast. What a milestone that is. 10 podcasts in. And uh, as usual, as usual, we hope that you've had a very, very, very good week. Uh, despite all the bullshit in the real world, we're all families, murders, you name it. It's been a bit of a weird week, but we'll fucking push on. Uh, as usual, I am joined by Christoph and Barnaby. I'll start with Christoph. How's your week been? It's been fucking brilliant. Been dealing with COVIDiots left, right, and center. Yeah, well, he's back to full capacity now. He's yeah. back at work. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had a you've had a eventful week. I mean, you've you've had a Banksy piece painted up the road, right up next to my house, defiled yeah. by a shithead. Already protected did. by dog wardens like only swindon could provide could go hey this piece has now been defiled let's put security on it okay well since we're budgeting security we'll just put dog wardens in front of it for a bit yeah that'll do the because <laughs> obviously dogs have opposable thumbs and we all know that the highest graffiti crime rates are done by labradors of course yeah but what about you barnaby have you had a good week buddy I think it's been largely the same as Christoph, actually. But yeah, it's not been too bad. Just as you said, dealing with all the fucking shit that's been going on in the news and then just eventually going, you know what? I'm not going to surround myself with this anymore. But mm -hmm. yeah, same as usual. Been a lot pretty same pattern of work, eat, sleep, repeat, get <clears throat> mad at the world, etc. But yeah, business as usual. Very, very good. Very good. I've had an all right week. You know, I've uh, I've done a lot of exercise. As I was saying the other week, I'm kind of on like a bit of a health kick at the moment. Let me just take another sip of my Sprite and vodka. <laughs> I know, Sprite and vodka is uh, definitely a health, what is that um, cup? A health kick. That is beautiful. Huh? What is that cup? Oh, this. No, this is like a very, very kind of uh, dormant, not dormant. What's the word for something that's really I thought used? that was your bloodstock cup there for a second. No, it's it's basically it's an Iron Maiden trooper cup, but like it, all the fucking oh, stuff's fucking great. All, you can, all you can see is Eddie's face. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's a terrifying sight at the best of times. Uh, well, yeah, well, uh, at least it's not the Eddie we're familiar with. Keeps the demons at bay. But yeah, it's been an all right week uh, beside the news. So uh, we've got a pretty packed show for you this week. Reviews come from Auden Ogan, Rob Zombie and the Rumjacks. And uh, this week's Slate and Celebrated comes from the debut record from a little band called Ghost. But before we get to all of that, I suppose we should have a look at what's been going on in the news. So, uh, Barney, what have you uh, got for like us I've... this week, mate? I feel like I'm taking on the, the news anchor role, aren't I? It's like, tonight uh, on the RIP News at 6pm. Yeah. <laughs> you just need yourself a really cheap blazer for when you do it. Not for the yeah. unseen cast, but for us. Yeah. <laughs> the part. yeah you're like our, our dress... dramatic news anchor music as well. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, draw on like... mustache. Dress for the role you want. Exactly. <laughs> and being an anchor man on a boat, like, you've got this shit on lock. <laughs> exactly. He's fucking good at it. Like, what we should do is midway through like an album review, we should say we should and just a short break to talk about the weather, and we'll go to you, Barney, and you can give us the forecast for the week. Thanks, Stephen. The weather uh, here is shit. The end. Very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> very Actually, on the on the subject of uh shit, I'm gonna start with a little bit of sad news. As we all know, unfortunately, um the entombed frontman Lars Giron Petrov has died from cancer at the age of uh forty nine. Yeah. I think it was last week he died, and uh, there's some differing reports. Some I think Metal Sucks have made a mistake. He says he was 47, but according to other reports, he was 49. 
But I mean, regardless of the age, 49 is way too young to die from cancer, especially for such an individual as uh, LG Petrov himself. Yeah. And, for, and uh, tributes have been pouring in for him and his family and his friends from other than the likes of Gary Holt and Mikhail Okafelt, Matt Heafy, Michael Amma of Arch Enemy. So the tributes have been pouring in for what, for many of them, has been a friend. I mean, Entombed being a Swedish band, uh, they did a lot touring with Arch Enemy and, you know, Soil Work and all those bands from Gothenburg back in the day. Mm-hmm. So to many, Lars Göran wasn't just a fellow musician, he was also a close friend of many of them. So I can only imagine what it feels like to um, lose a friend, especially at the age it happened. Yeah. So all I, can, all I can say is rest in power, Lars Göran Petrov. And to anybody who is listening to this, I thoroughly re- recommend you go and uh, blast Left Hand Pass tonight. One of the best death metal records of all time. And blast mm-hmm. it loud in its name. Wolverine Blues as well. I, uh, oh, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, I, I mean, the problem is with this is like... Uh, you were kind of expecting it eventually because he there was a big... Like there was a crowdfunder yeah. that he put up, I think only a couple of months ago. To oh yeah, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. But... No, it wasn't that long ago at all. And um, yeah, it was, it's horrible news. But at the same time, it, the, the shitty thing about cancer, especially like quite harsh forms of it, you, you know, you, it's a it's an eventuality that you kind of have to prepare yourself for. Uh, so yeah, it's fucking horrible. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, really sad news. Uh, but as Barney said, I mean, I, I sincerely suggest everyone to go and check out uh, Wolverine Blues. For me, especially, I fuck it. I adore that record. Um, yeah, left Hand Path as well. Left Hand Path, yeah. It's fucking awesome. And also, go and listen to Guardians of Asgard by Mon Mars because that's a track that Large uh, did guest vocals on. And that's how I found yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go blast that loud, even though it's not strictly his work it's a mon mars but yeah rest in power large good on petrov we you we will you will be sorely missed 100%. yeah shall i move on to some more positive news please i yeah. need it guess who has a new project steven fuck me sorry steven that's a bit vague <laughs> like guess who has a new project ah uh, let me think it's uh, milky clothing lines i'm building uh food you got to be a bit more specific. Oh, you could like, I mean, like perfumes. You could be like, do you want to smell like the festival you can't go to? Smell oh, like stale no, cider no, and don't. mud. Like... Smell like dodgy kebabs, binge jousting, and fucking heroin needles in Midgard. Oh, you know, that sounds like fucking that. beautiful, man. There's I miss a, that. There's a telly advert on at the moment with it's got Lady Gaga in it. I appreciate you guys don't watch TV, but. It's like it's on every fucking five minutes and it's just this really, really annoying song. So yeah. you kind of counterpart that with, I don't know, having like David Draymond from Disturbed advertising fucking, I don't know, what would you even call like a metal perfume? Well, any suggestions that you can Oh, de la De toilet. Yeah. This is a fucking um, pussy hook smell what's that fucking uh what are those things he's got on his chin is there a name for him i have no idea Bitch i hook. think he's taken them out hasn't he? i don't know has he oh, i mean it would I be a bit ridiculous seeing a man with the fucking like thing those things hanging out of his chin singing that sound of silence yeah. song. but uh <laughs> yeah you could imagine david draymond fucking advertising like stale piss and mud perfume metalheads raining <laughs> blood water raining blood <laughs> for men <laughs> yeah Fuck oh. yeah. I don't know. Crotch juice. 
<laughs> Delicious. Postulate uh, smashing. Oh, uh, Romans. Uh, we digress. Uh, Barnaby, uh, what is the new project? The new project is a band from the likes of a, li- a little-known singer named Howard Jones and uh, a very little-known YouTuber named Jared Dines. They have a new band called Scion, and they released their debut track, The Blade, a few days ago. I'm taking... Stephen, you've listened to it, haven't you? I have. Yes. I, uh, I fucking... I mean, the thing is with Howard... Howard Jones in particular is uh, he's got such a recognisable voice. You know, you're just like the minute that you hear Howard Jones wailing uh, over like any kind of heavy guitars, you just immediately like for me personally, I just immediately like, oh, it's Howard Jones. Like, it's kind of like he's like metals Barry White in many ways. He's just uh, like he can't do anything wrong. Well, especially the fact that he's working with Jared Dines as well. It's like all the fucking sh- meme shit he does on youtube aside he is a very talented musician like he's oh, yeah, very good he's a very good guitar he's an outstanding guitarist an outstanding drummer mm. as well as being a vocalist himself but i feel like his guitar playing has really shone through on this record yeah howard jones just god mm. what did you guys think because, of it i loved it. it yeah i like that they <laughs> gave it like a proper name because he did last year he did that collab album with matt heafy and, yeah, it's, yeah. And, it, and it's just called Dines X Heafy. And I'm like, are oh, you really put some thought into this, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You? Well no, done. Like, Sion's but a really yeah, cool name, actually. It, yeah, they're apparently, they're apparently releasing an album, whether it's coming out later this year or early next year. They haven't really said, but there will be more material on the way. So we eagerly await that. So what's really the situation there? So does Jared Dines just do all the instrumentals and Howard's just vocals? There's two... two I'm just two guessing so. Though. Yeah, I mean, on Jared. the bio of the video, it says guitars, Jared Dines. But I know for a fact that Jared plays drums as well. So either yeah. he's programmed the drums using, like, Superior Drummer or something yeah. like that, or he's actually recorded the drums himself. Which no, he, like yeah, he's, he's primarily a drummer, because he was a drummer first, then guitarist second. Yeah. So uh, it wouldn't be surprising if he knows enough bass work to just get it done in the background, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. But then well, that's, that's a perfect combination, to be honest. Just basically what bass is, is just like, you know, people that have two bigger hands to play guitar, so they go to bass. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, 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 I really enjoyed both. it. I, yeah. No, no one I cares really... if you can play both bass and fucking guitar. Bar. I'm mentioning Howard Jones yourself. and Gerard fucking Dines. I hope I... Is that his name? Gerard Dines? Jared. Jared. Jared Dines. I keep saying it Jared. wrong. The, the genty boy of YouTube, along with Stevie okay. T. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the... Uh, I. Who's that other guy that's on YouTube who's huge? The guy who does all the covers. What's his name? He did that oh. fucking sl- banjo one of Slipknot's Psychosocial. Uh, Rob Scallon. Oh, yeah, Rob. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking awesome. He is fucking the like player on a ukulele, a Cannibal Corpse yeah. ukulele circle group cover. Oh man, he was, he was insane. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I like these uh, these sort of like random like, uh, like really talented like. Clearly, they're like session musicians, but they're like obviously doing their own little thing on these YouTube channels, and they're just like getting bigger and bigger and popular. I I don't mind it. You know, it's uh, it's fun. Those old Steven Seagulls, they're fucking grand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's hope that we get that. Re- have they announced the date for that record yet? Or is that just. Uh, like- they haven't, no. That's why I'm a little bit 
uh, I wouldn't say skeptical when it's going to come out, but not sure. So I'll have to eagerly wait and see when it's going to come out. Yes. Hopefully this year, because that would be great if it came out in like the late summer, early autumn. Yeah, fingers crossed, man, because I, I really liked it. But then again, like I'm biased because anything Howard Jones does, uh, I'm immediately a fan of because he's just got that yeah, voice. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Howard Jones, <laughs> Simps, ladies and gentlemen. There's no changing that. Yeah. What else, Barney? Is there anything else going on? I'm going to cover two bits of news quite quickly. One of which, because it's about Molly Crew, and I don't really give a shit about it, but I'd mention it for shits and giggles. Ugh. Molly Crew and a tap commercial in the United States. There, that's a, all I have to say on a it. A tap? Com- tap or tab? Tap. As in, like, a water tap, a faucet. Oh, no, not a faucet tab like the beer <laughs> shit. Why? Yeah, their song uh, Time for a Change off of the Dr. Feelgood album has been used in a tap or faucet commercial. I think they call them faucets in the States. I can just imagine them doing their own little jingle for it. Tabs, tabs, tabs. (laughs) Wash your hands after having a crap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how the mighty have fallen. (laughs) I don't even know, man. Like, Like, the fact that, like, Motley Crue, can Motley Crue sell out anymore? Like, not only are I mean, they considering Vince Neil can't up, sing anymore, I'm not surprised. They could yeah, start like a clothing brand. Yeah. I mean, did, did you guys watch that video of their like live performance of Kickstart My Heart, where Vince Neil sounds like he's got his fucking balls in the vice and he's choking on a Cadbury's cream egg? Uh, yeah, but like, the thing is, is, is with with Motley Crue, they're they're clearly. There's no artistic integrity left with that band. They're they're all about money at this point. Yeah, they got all the fucking partying and drugs and like killing singers of other bands out of the way system in the 1980s. So now, of course, they're going to be like safe and chasing the money. Yeah, it's just, it's. I've learned my lesson with Motley Crue because, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I do like uh, the hits. If you like, oh, I, yeah. like kick, no, I like Kickstart My Heart. I like Shout with Devil. They're great. Yeah. The film, the film Dirt was a banger as well. I've watched that quite uh, a few times. It's a good laugh. Fucking cringe, mate. It's cringe uh, fest. If you watch yeah, that kind of stuff, yeah, you got old fucking Machine Gun Kelly and fucking Simon from the Misfits in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess we're different on that. Yeah. Well, agree that they have sold out though. It's the Ozzy Osbourne bloke, the guy who's trying to play Ozzy Osbourne. He's got like an Australian accent. He's like, all right, mate. I'm going to snort all these fucking ants. It's <laughs> so fucking awkward. Me and my dingo are well British, mate. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I, oh, man. I, I'm thinking about it now. It's just so cringy. It's just... Uh, I, I, enjoyed, it like, I enjoyed it. It's Je- it was Jeff Tremaine from Jackass that directed that as well, apparently. Uh, uh, oh, Jackass. All of them are sober now and can't do the stunts anymore because they'd probably kill themselves. But still going to make a fucking film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Motley Crue selling out in the highest degree there. Theory me. Yeah. You're waiting for uh, Nikki Six's lime scale removers to come out in like all these fucking targets. In yeah, the fucking fully, fully expecting like Vince Neil to be in like a Dodger Chevrolet truck commercial. Excuse me. Do you know where I can get a Nikki Six faucet? Yeah, it's next to the fucking shotgun shell so you can blow your brains out once you've fucking bought one. <laughs> uh, okay. Is that all, or is there anything else you've I've got, got to educate? One last bit of news, but this is a good okay. bit of news. I guess, Give us um, some poetry, Varney. <laughs> Deftones are now making a White Pony themed tequila. Mm. Oh, uh, we, were, yeah. we were discussing this earlier in our little group chat that we have, for those um, listeners who don't know. We stay in touch on the good old messenger. Yeah. And uh, Who was it who shared this? Was it, it was me. Or was it, oh, it was you, yeah. 
Yeah. I thought, ooh, I mean, yeah, it seems like, oh, yeah, another band jumping on the fucking alcohol bandwagon who hasn't done it before. But I don't uh, think there's many bands that have dabbled into, dabbled into tequila. So actually, Deftones may be coming into a little bit of an untapped market. Who made tequila, but they were fucking, they had gone sober when they made it? Fucking Charlie Sheen has his own brand of tequila, but he also <laughs> doesn't like, oh, drink. Like, fucking remnants of Brit, Brit Daniel what a load of old bollocks is that? To be fair, Deftones have done alcohol before because I they've done the old they've done the old Phantom Bride. Yeah, Um, uh, Christoph is holding up an empty can of Phantom Bride. Of course. Oh no, it's full. Is it full? Fuck me. Yeah, yeah. Straight. The Phantom Bride IPA, White Pony Double Dry Hop IPA. They're quite big on their IPAs and their ales. They got the Ohms Pale Ale as well. I suppose they kind of tapped into that market with the whole. A lot of people don't buy albums because you can stream it. They're like, well, fuck it. Our uh, our our fans are now middle-aged fucking bearded assholes. Like, if we're not going to oh, get yeah, them with album sales, guy, yeah. we'll get them with alcohol abuse. Yeah, but I think... <laughs> but, I mean, Christoph, you've tried the one you showed us earlier. Would yeah, you say Phantom. it's a good beer? Oh, dude, yeah. The Phantom Bride's banging. I think Stephen tried some when I had yeah. first gotten it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the but, White Pony one didn't come to the UK, sadly. Yeah. I'm not sure if this uh, tequila is going to come to the UK. However, if it is, people better be quick buying it because from March the 15th, it'll be available and they're making a very limited quantity of 2,880 bottles. So That's if you an get oddly some, specific get number, isn't it, really? Like, you just go for a nice round three. I get a feeling they're just doing it to test the wars and if they like it, they might do it like sort of what I'd mean, do a trip and be like, oh, hey, we're going to make it regularly now. I mean, that's my hope if it's good, at least. I've never really been a bigger tequila drinker because of many bad experiences on nights out because of it. But, you know, for those who enjoyed a tequila, I hope this is a good one and it works out. Yeah, I'm I'm, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to fucking try some. I mean, you know, I think like Deftones, like can they really like top their music with like a product like an alcohol i mean <laughs> make a, make a, a rounder for a rum oh, that'd be banging actually oh man thing is I'm, I'm all for bands doing this at the moment like whether it be coffee or whether it be like alcohol or oh yeah food like you know <laughs> bands, a lot of bands jumping of on different... the hot sauce bandwagon as well yeah like just different creative ways for a band to sustain you know a living I don't mm. see a problem with it, you know. It's just, just it for me now. It's kind of, of course, like Cradle of Filth have got their own beer. Of course, like Deftones are like bringing out a tequila. Yeah, of course, uh, Behemoth have got their own coffee. Behemoth, they've got coffee, and Corn's got even, coffee. But even the bands who wouldn't need to do this to survive, like bands like Iron Maiden, who've got the Trooper beers, which yeah. I've got to be honest, they're all pretty damn good. Yeah, it's just if if you want to support the band. Uh, it's kind of it's just a unique way of doing it, I guess. You know, and, and it gives you just like a T-shirt. It gives you, you know, a benefit of covering your disgusting body. It's like alcohol gives you the benefit of feeling good and having a funny good time. You know, and I covering see... and covering your disgusting personality. <laughs> oh God, I really yeah. should have said that. <laughs> hey, oh, no, I like it. That's good. That's a good line, Barney. Uh, yeah, fair play, Deftones. I hope we get some over here, but you know, I doubt it. I think we were lucky to have the Slipknot whiskey, to be honest. Let alone, yeah. like, um, Ooh, that's we one should get dr- we should all get drunk one day and just do a band rather than like music reviews, do band alcohol reviews. Oh, oh we've got, got we've got some Slipknot that. whiskey. I've got yeah, some of that fucking Ramstein rum. I've got the, like the head vodka. Rum. 
a little bit of Amon Amaf white wine. We can have some Amon Amaf white wine spritzers to bring yeah. up the monotony. Here, have and then as a bonus pack, we could have some Bullet for My Valentine Mead. But could you imagine being sense. a Viking your, metal band and your, going, your well, we do. They crash around me. Imagine being yeah. like, oh, yeah, do you know what? All Vikings drink mead. We know that they drink mead. We're Vikings. We drink mead. We drink mead on stage. What alcohol shall we produce? Let's <laughs> produce a white Zinfandel. <laughs> How did you miss that? Like, and then maybe they want to feel thing. classy when they're fucking raping and pillaging the villages in fucking 1066 AD. Who knows? Yeah, do you think like that fucking Joan of Arc, whatever his name is from one of gets off stage? And oh, like, I think I'll have a white wine spritzer. He's not going to do that. He's going to get that fucking horn. Whatever to be I'll, fair, I'll, 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 the guy, he does not sound like at all. He sounds exactly how he looks. Fucking terrifying. I, I listened to an Aelstorm review and the guy was like, so do you guys drink lots of rum on the tour bus or backstage? And he's like, no, we drink white wine spritzers. It helps my voice. And the guy's like, he's just like, yeah. what the fuck? He's like, we drink white wine spritzers. We just like to bring a rubber duck instead. All right. We should do that one day, actually. That'd be funny. That would be pretty fun. We should do it. We should get like, yeah, I'm up for that. Let's do that at some point when we're allowed to. Once Amazon stop <laughs> giving me work on Saturdays. Yeah, or once like, you know, a little thing called the pandemic ends, Barney. Let's not forget. It's not about you and your Amazon shifts. It's about <laughs> fucking pandemic, COVID-19. Well, like, it's a hard job packing dildos for all them single ladies. Hey, I ordered a flashlight and it's still not arrived. What's going on? Oh, it's, no, it's, it's too busy chatting shit and not packing flashlights. Exactly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> On that note, we should probably do some reviews. Yes, let's dive into some reviews, shall we? All right, cool. So the first album we're going to be looking at is uh, by a German power metal band called uh, Orden Ogen. They may be a power metal band, but they do also incorporate elements of uh, folk metal as well into their sound. Uh, so the name of the record is Final Days. It is the band's seventh studio album. So this are about this is a band sorry that I was familiar with. Uh, I actually saw them at Hellfest and Bloodstock in the same year, 2018, and uh, I remember enjoying them, uh, which came as a surprise. Which I think you know I, I made it pretty pretty clear off the back of other albums we've talked about that power metal wasn't for me. But you know this was a band that. Um, like, I don't know, I could kind of look past the whole power metal side of things. Uh, I mean, what about you guys? We, we, for first off, were you familiar with this band? Yes, I was familiar. And I would say I'm not a diehard fan, but I am a fan. And nice. yeah, seen them live at Bloodstock in the same year, actually. That was the first time we all met, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about throwback. Yeah, well, I'd say I'm a fan. I've enjoyed their previous releases, and I was very much looking forward to this one when they announced it. Okay, cool. Uh, Christoph, were you again familiar with uh, with? Uh... Yeah, I've listened to them in drips and drabs here and there. Like, yeah, they're, they're pretty badass for what they do. Did you watch they them at that stuff? Of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuck around with you guys a lot then, huh? Uh, I think we're all standing by the Jägermeister tent. If I remember fucking correctly. get rid of him. Moscow mules for everyone. Oh man, I remember we were all fucking wearing our Hawaiian banner. shirts as well. It was that Jägermeister bar that did me in. Like they had those, um, what were those like cocktails they did that had the fruit? The Moscow in them? mule or the something like that. The they did Jägermeuls as well. I remember I had quite that a lot. That was it. Of yeah. What, what did you just say then? 
Oh, root was it Route sixty four? Sixty four. That was it. I yeah. didn't ask for salad in my drink. <laughs> <laughs> Who put all this what? cucumber in my fucking drink? Uh, yeah, first drink I've bought from Milky. Yeah. Anyway, uh, back to uh, Auden Ogan. Uh, so we all collectively saw them at Bloodstock a few years ago, and and as you can tell, we were all pretty impressed, regardless of the alcohol in our systems. Um, so. As I said, uh, they are primarily a power metal based band. Um, but for me personally, I could kind of look past it because despite them having that whole power metal element to them, um, they had like these big fat fuck off riffs uh, that just had like, you know, they, they had enough meat on their bones, basically, for me to look past the whole power metal thing. So I'll start off with Christoph this week so uh christoph what did you think going into final days yeah i fucking love well i really love the start of it it just straight yeah. away in with these really cool yeah. intricate intricate riffs you had like i love their use of like lighter padded drums in places like they were still really fast paced but they were quite soft it was a really cool touch and i yep. loved the spacey vibe to the whole thing it wasn't like overly synthed but like the lyrical content was badass mm. but i felt like i kind of lost interest about halfway through and then excuse the pun but when black hole came on i was like fully sucked back into it like whoa okay yes. it just got so much heavier you know like yeah it was fucking badass yeah because they didn't have a lot of guest spots on it which is always quite nice they had that one song alone in the dark yeah they had the brothers with... of metal vocalist ilva erickson guesting yeah vocals. and then on i'm so glad they that had you Gus went G. in there so glad it was that you went in and said her name because i was like reading it off like <laughs> nope nope i'm just gonna say the guest spot woman like that's fine but yeah. yeah like their voices together <laughs> were just fucking yeah incredible. Oh, she's an it's amazing vocalist beautiful majestic stunning. sound and yeah well, that um... was fucking rad what band is she from, Barney? Uh, Brothers of Metal. Okay. They're also another kick-ass band. We'll have to review them when they uh, do new material in the future at some point. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you get you mentioned like kind of a spacey vibe to it, Christoph, because, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the album cover right now, and it, and it very does... It looks very much like a sort of space sci-fi age thing. It's got, basically got like some kind of robot creature wearing a top hat on the album cover. <laughs> I think he's like their band slogan, kind of like he's like their mascot. Yeah, because when I saw him, I was like, "I've seen you before, motherfucker." And then he was on the last album cover like, oh, as well. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm on the Spotify, and he is on the front cover of their last album too. Oh cool! So they have got their own little mos- uh, mascot. Mascot, mascot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it might, nice. maybe it's that they're themed albums, kind of like those past two Unleash albums, and that's why they've used this reoccurring dude. Mm. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Um, what about you, Barney? I mean, what did you reckon going into it? I think I share a lot of both your points, actually. Like as I said, I've got down here in my notes. It's nice to see some Pamela with that massive truckloads of cheese. <clears throat> yes, because I didn't get a lot of that. Like with the um, uh, Sebastian's vocals, I just didn't get that. He's got this, like this little bit of grit to it. Yeah, and I yeah, just got it was very similar to Unleash the Archers, where I was like, yeah, you can tell it's Paramount, but it's got such grunt and and uh, mm. attitude to it. I really enjoyed it. And again, the guitar and the drums were absolutely solid, which was a relief because um, Sebastian, the vocalist, used to play guitar. 
for the band, but I think he wanted to focus more on his vocal abilities. So there's been a little bit of a lineup change where the bass player's now moved to guitar and Seb's now focusing strictly on vocals. Right, so it's refreshing okay. to see that more of his vocal talent's been able to come out because he can probably focus more on it live. But also the fact that the yep. bass player, was the guy used to play bass, is actually a fucking insane guitarist. So that's been refreshing to see. Mm. And I just got quite a lot of like thrash vibes, particularly on in the dawn of the AI, whereas like this is some really fast thrashy guitar work. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I struggled to find who produced this. I don't know why. I don't oh, know. If... Uh, it was done by the band itself. I think oh, the, vocalist, it was the, the vocalist owns the studio. Ah, right. Okay. That's, that's well, fuck me. I mean, he should start looking at producing other bands as well because it sounds massive, this album. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. Like, you can hear everything in the, like the, the drums, the, the guitars, the bass, oh, yeah. the vocals. The mix everything just like. Yeah, everything just flies out at you and you can hear each member, uh, you know, there's no, it's not being kind of uh, washed away by the sound of any other instruments. It's like you Absolutely. can hear everything so clearly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, <laughs> with Christoph, I mean, like you mentioned there that you kind of got a bit bored half to the halfway mark. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, it got like I was listening to it and uh, without doing any research into this, I immediately knew that the song Inferno was going to be like the big sort of single off it because it's not a song that I vibe with. I'll be honest, because it's kind of got that that big singy chorus, but there's those really cheesy hey gang vocals in it. Yeah. And I just think that when you've got a resort to like those hey, like fucking chant like gang vocals throughout your song uh it just it's just like a very kind of boring predictable thing to kind of do it's sort of very um formulaic if you like with like the, the a lot of the the shit that this kind of genre of music produces um but that being said uh christoph put it perfectly like the, the song um black is it black hole yeah um, yeah the black hole just sounded fucking it's just the way it opens is just so heavy it's just ridiculous it's just it could have been like you know the opener on like a fucking lamb of god song it's like that level of good and uh yeah i mean it, it's kind of <laughs> the interesting thing is like you'll have like a run of songs that are like oh, okay that's great and then you'll have one that's like very you Ooh. know it's very like, ugh, I don't know, this is kind of starting to very much push the boundaries of what I'm like into or not. Uh, there's a song on it. Uh, see if I put it in my notes here. Ba, 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 ba. No, it's not in my notes. Let me quickly get the track listing up in front of me. Um, I believe it's called Alone in the Dark. Is that the yeah. one that's got the guest appearance? Yeah, on? yeah see... that was the one I said about earlier. Yeah, so... I think with that one, I think that's where I was really kind of like, oh, this is getting, this is, this is a bit difficult. That's why I was like really relieved when like Black Hole came and it was like, ah, oh, okay, brilliant. We're back to like, you know, the shit that I'm liking. But again, I, I mean, it's, it's uh, 10 tracks in total, this record. And I think that the way that they've spaced out the tracks on this is pretty clever because They've obviously, I, for me, I, I listen to it and I think, well, they've intentionally put like a list of like really heavy shit and then they've got something like Alone in the Dark and then it goes back to like, you know, Black Hole, which opens as strong as it does. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I did enjoy this. 
my attention did dwindle after Black Hole once again because it does it does go to a point where it's pushing those boundaries of what I what I like about the whole uh, the, the whole power metal thing. Like those those elements were starting to creep in a bit bit more as the record got further and further towards the end. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's sort of like. I don't know. I don't know if I can, how I can describe it with power metal. It's just like, like a band like Sabaton. So you listen to Sabaton, and I'm not a Sabaton fan. Uh, you know, well, whenever I put their album on, regardless of what album it is, it's like brain cells resemble sun-made raisins in my head. <laughs> they just sort of slowly, slowly start to shrivel up and become black, and they die. And that's basically uh, what I find with a lot of power metal. But with um, with uh, Auden Ogan, I just don't I don't get that. I mean, I feel like the, the brain cells in my head are going a bit grey when they start to push on that very uh, power metal esque stuff. But then all of a sudden, they'll sort of claw my attention back, and like you'll have a song like Black Hole, which fucking slams. I think what yeah. I've realised with especially power metal i think through discovering how much i love unleash the archers and then listening to this order album yesterday kind of came to the realization that power metal you have like your sabaton style stuff which is just like here's war and history in metal for me like okay great cool and it's all really inspiring and all really factual and then you have people like odin and unleash who are like here's a fucking space war and you're like oh okay <laughs> god damn it's a space war fat fuck off riffs yeah right yeah. yeah and because it's a space war it means it's no whole bar. You can have heavy riffs and you can go wherever the fuck you want. Whereas like these factual stories, like they really fit going from thrash to inspiring in the same way. Yeah. Then you get mm. power metal bands. They're like, here's a, here's a fucking song about dragons and unicorns. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, about, and that's the shit I can't stand. Yeah. It's like, how fast can I play the guitar? It's like, you don't need to play fast to be good for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're into that, then no judgment. It's fair enough. I can see why we, you'd be. In- we only save judgment for fans of a day to remember and Weezer and escape the fate. Yes, uh, I think collectively we could all get on board with uh, with that, as as well as you, fellow listener. Unless you've since you know uh, abandoned this podcast like an abused child because you like a day to remember. But we're not talking about a day to remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's all right, this album. I mean, I don't think I'll go back to it loads. There'll be certain songs that I'll stick on, you know, on like a playlist, and I'll think, yeah, it was fucking good. Um, and, I, and I mean, I'll definitely be up for seeing this band live with a few cheeky beers, because it'll just oh, be a good, hell yeah. good time. Absolutely. Um, you know, smash a beer, Stein across Christoph's fucking head, lovely time. You know, there's no, right, I mean, they're, they're German, so I think they'd appreciate beer steins in the audience. Fucking... Uh, Pour a stein over someone, smack them in the face with a bratwurst. Yeah, I've never had a beer stein, believe it or not. I, oh, I've man. always wanted one. Banging. They're banging. Yeah, it just looks like an excessive pint, and that looks incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, has anybody else got anything to add to uh, Organ Open, or is that uh, is that everything? I think that's good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Decent. Well, in that case, again, that is uh, Organ Organ. Uh, Final Days, the band's seventh album out now on AFM Records. Uh, All right, so moving on. 
You've always got to talk over me, ain't you, Barney? <laughs> 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 um, all right, so the next record we're going to be looking at is a, a pretty big one, all things considered. Uh, we're going to be looking at the seventh studio record by the Undead Ringleader and Co., Mr. Rob Zombie. Uh, it is the follow-up to his 2016 effort, the Electric Warlord Acid Witch Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser. <sighs> uh, <laughs> round of album... applause for getting through that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, well, thanks, Bright, as my, uh, you know. Can you say the last album and the new album in one breath, though? Oh, that's a challenge. There you go. Um, all right. The Electric Warlord Acid Trip Satanic Orgy Celebration Dispenser, the Lunar Injection Kool Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. Oh, yes. I was one breath. Yes. Wow. Look at oh, that. Yeah, you got it. Kudos, Stephen. Kudos. Shadow boxing paid off. I know, right? I should start busking. Anyway, it's 2016 record. I won't repeat the title again because I'm exhausted. An album that I really liked. Uh, I think it's it's very hard to dislike a Rob Zombie record. Uh, it's like the equivalent of like a Ramstein album or an ACDC record. You know what you're going to get, but despite that, you're going to have a very good time. So, Barney, are you a fan of Mr. Rob Zombie? Uh, I'm a casual fan. I wouldn't say I'm a diehard fan, but you could stick Rob Zombie on and I'll be like, oh, hell yeah, Rob Zombie. You know, I'm a fan of all the hits like Dragula. Okay, so I, I, you're you're more of a hits guy than you are an albums guy. So you're yeah, like, yeah, exactly. But he, the man has talent; you can't deny it, and he's been doing this for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Christoph, fan of Mister Zombie. I fucking love Rob Zombie. Yeah. yeah. I love everything that comes with him. I love watching people piss into cups while watching him. <laughs> I love. You know, <laughs> he's like he's got my favorite fucking guitarist in his band. Yeah. Ginger Fear. I love his oh, band. John, John Five. John Five is the best guitarist oh, known to man. Yeah. He is. Five days then. Ginger Fish, like on drums, is great. Piggy I D love, on bass. Yeah. Like yeah. just a fucking killer band lineup. And I love that he really exhibits his band, you know? Mm. Like there's too many times, like when John was in Manson, you're just like, oh, here's a guy playing some chords in Manson, as you do. Whereas with Rob, you're like, you can really pick out every band. He's just like, everyone contributes. Everyone gets a go to shine. Yeah, that's ass. cool. I, yeah, I think even like, the as well. It really is like the perfect band for someone like John Five, who's such like a creative person. Like, I think Rob Zombie just writes like, you know, a bunch of lyrics about horror movies. And then he's like, here you are. Have fun. Come to us with like fucking crazy guitar work and like you know crazy feels and we'll we'll get to it as we as we get into the record. But um, as a band, I think that uh, Rob Zombie's band it's it's just full of so many characters now. You know, you, like every member. There's only four of them, but all of them are so like charismatic and they you know they're all like they're all like cartoonish if you not to insult them but like you know they very much are it's like watching a cartoon in many ways and i mean mm. that as a as like a compliment to them yeah um so as i said before this is the seventh record by uh rob zombie so with uh, this new release uh, i mean i think it definitely solidifies that fact that i mentioned about you know what you're going to get in regards to Rob Zombie record, much like a Ramstein or an ACDC. And uh, and this new record, again, the Lunar Injection Cool Aid Eclipse Conspiracy, cons uh, just solidifies the fact that, you know, <laughs> you are 
in for a good time, regardless if you know what you're about to hear. Uh, Barney, I'll let you kick it off. What do you think uh, Rob Zombie's seventh studio record? Uh, I dug it, actually. I really did. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did, but I just felt like it was a whole mishmash of different genres. Like, oh, God, where's the track listing? If you take a song like 18th, 18th Century Cannibals, Excitable Morlocks, and a one-way ticket on the ghost train, and I was yep. expecting it to be quite typical Rob Zombie when I fired it up. And I was like, sounds like a fucking lost Johnny Cash and Will Haggard song. I absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah. It's like, is Rob Zombie trying to do his take on a country song? Like, it was just so great to hear all this mishmash of different influences on the Rob Zombie record. Mm. I, really, I was really impressed, to be fair. And especially with songs like The Triumph of King Freak, King Freak and uh, Crow Killer Blues. That's another one which I think is going to be a massive hit live. And as I said, uh, one-way ticket on the ghost train. It was like, it was just, it was a smorgasbord of excellence, I think. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Uh, what about you, Christoph? Um, as he swigs his orange juice. I fucking loved it. Like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that I find, I feel like Rob Zombie albums just get progressively crazier. And he's one of those people who can just get away with doing fucking anything because... yeah. He's carved out this completely niche sort of thing, you know, like you have 18th century cannibals where you can hear like John's Western swing style. And then it goes, it just drops into your standard Rob Zombie sort of mad symphony over the topness. Yeah. And you've got fucking eternal struggles of a howling man where there's like a lounge jazz breakdown. Yeah. It's just fucking great, and it just falls <laughs> into fucking madness. And then, and he has his standard vocal tricks that are similar to like fucking in a UFO, you know the uh, yeah those strange vocal things he does. Yeah, and yeah, I think Crow Killer Blues just killed it for me. Like that hard heaviness. I think the only thing that pissed me off about this album is I've listened to it like three times, and every time I'm like, dude, we've been robbed of an album tour. That would just fucking oh. go off, you know, like yeah. seeing yeah. seeing this. And they're a band who, when you watch them, you can't help but that be happy, not just because of the sound, but because you can see every member of the band loves what they're doing and loves being where they are. Yep. You see bands like Slipknot and they crush it, but they're all just doing their thing they're playing their instruments they're, they're they're killing it but you see bands like these guys everyone's grinning like a fucking cheshire cat yeah uh sorry if anyone can hear that i've got dogs here that are going fucking nuts uh clearly they're rob zombie fans as well but uh <laughs> I, I, I uh i concur with you as i'm doing the fucking spock signs mate i'm uh i mean i'm wholeheartedly a rob zombie fan uh you know I'm a fan of of his music as well as his films. Like you said, it's kind of it's bittersweet in many ways because although you know I'm pretty sure the band are, are wanting to tour with this record, being in the current climate that we are in at the moment with COVID, realistically, you know it's it's a bit difficult right now. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shame because where obviously Rob's such a busy person because he's got this whole different side of him in regards to uh, a filmmaker, you know? I mean, I, I uh, literally, just before we started recording this podcast, I was literally reading an article just now about him potentially rebooting The Monsters. Uh, so he's Ooh. looking at getting The Monsters rebooted, which will be oh, fucking amazing mon- if he can do Bring back The that. Monsters, coach. Oh, I love man. The Monsters. And, like, you couldn't pick a perfect guy to do it, really. So 
that would be amazing. Um, but at the same time, you are a bit kind of hopeful that he won't forget that, you know, he's released a killer record here that needs to be heard live. I mean, as the album begins, it's got all the standard elements that you would get from a, a Rob Zombie record, you know. I mean, uh, let's not, I mean, when you look at Rob Zombie as a lyricist, uh, he's very much a kind of, <laughs> you know, he's recognizable, but you're used to the, hell yeah, oh yeah. He does all of that, you know, and uh, and this record isn't, it isn't any different, you know, it, it's it's got all of that all over it. Ah, what song is it? There's a hook on here where he's uh, a fucking outer space motherfucking boogie man. <laughs> he's like, he's proper going for like that whole, well, of course, Rob Zombie's got lyrics about, you know, being a, a spaceman rocking out in fucking space, <laughs> a boogeyman rocking out in space. You <laughs> know, space weird one as well. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, exactly. It was that shake your ass, smoke some grass. Yeah. I fucking love that song. Um, and this is the thing. This, this is what I like about uh, Rob Zombie's songs. Like, he he conjures these images in my head whenever I listen to songs of his. Um, I mean, there are plenty of bands that do it, but his songs, like, paint the most colorful pictures in my brain. Like, a song like I just said, shake your ass, smoke some grass. Like I, I just imagine Christoph with a joint hanging out of his mouth, being dr- like trying to fend off a dog while he's being dry humped. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what that's the image that goes in my head, and like it just makes me fucking laugh. Um, a song like Get Loose. Uh, I think I said to you guys on our little chat, like, you know, it's like tripping on acid in a curry house, like thinking that the naan breads are out to get you. You know, it's like uh, (laughs) it it just sort of the way the song sounds. You'll know what I mean when I say that. Again, it's sort of just like uh, the time Rob Zombie went to standard Tandoori. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know, shout out Jordan the Crown, Victoria Road. It'll change your life um my personal favorite uh on the record itself i mean barney you've mentioned it already uh crow killer blues uh it's it's just got this really fucking cool spaced out it's like a cool spaced out song with this this huge harmonic riff you know wouldn't feel out of place on a slayer record that riff uh when slayers slow down and go for the more kind of crushing element of it yeah it's, it's it's fucking great this album um it, it does sound like the past couple of zombie records, I mean, ever since Hillbilly Deluxe 2, uh, it just sounds like he's having a laugh making these albums. Um, I mean, the album titles speak for themselves, really. To, that's kind of a, quite a clear indicator that he's just having a fun time being experimental and just writing about shit that he loves. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's not much more to say really other than the fact that it's just another fun awesome rob zombie records i mean do you guys have, have anything else to add to uh rob zombie's new output not that i can think of no to be honest no. christoph anything on that mate i'm all good yeah all right cool well uh yeah i mean all i can say is roll on 2024 when presumably we get the King Con Foreskin Dwellers and the Inoculated Superheroes, which I'm only assuming may be a tentative title for the eighth Rob Zombie record. Um, 
something along those lines anyway so uh yeah once again that is rob zombie's seventh studio record uh, the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy is out now on uh, Nuclear Blast. Cool. All right. Moving on to the next record that we're going to be talking about. That's it. Get all the gas out, you pig. Um, all right. All right. So moving swiftly on to our uh, last record that we're going to be talking about uh, this week. <laughs> um, so... The next album we're going to be talking about comes from a band called The Rumjacks, who are a Celtic punk rock band originally formed in Sydney, Australia. This is the fifth record by the band. It's a record called Hestia. Am I pronouncing that right? Hestia. Hestia. Named after a Greek goddess, if I remember correctly. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, it's once again another record on ABC Music. So a band... I'm uh, not familiar with. I got to say, uh, if I'm ever going to go to this style of music, it's probably a bit obvious. But my brain goes to the Dropkick Murphys, yeah, uh, just because they are the kind of like the kings of this stuff. But I'll let you boot it off, Barnaby. So, uh, what did you think about the uh, the the new release from the Rumjacks? Oh, the album in itself, loved it. Yeah. Really, really, really loved it. I was a bit uh, apprehensive at first because this is their first record with their new singer. As I think the old, the previous singer left the band in 2018 for uh, undisclosed reasons, if I remember correctly. But right. I probably dug this. I'm not really massively into my into like the Celtic punk rock, Irish punk rock stuff. Besides the Dropkick Murphys and Flogging Molly, yeah, which are two okay. two very great bands, by the way. I uh, mean, so were the Rumjacks a band that? Uh, sorry, I should have probably asked it before talking about the record. But were this a, was this a band that you were familiar with going into it, or was this just like a like me, was this a very like a first kind of introduction to yeah. them? I'd heard their um, their biggest hit, which is uh, called the Irish Pub Song, but that's pretty much as far as my knowledge went on the band until I discovered right. this record. Okay, cool. Uh, and in, in terms of the the record in itself, uh, what did you what did you think when you put it on? Well, me, are you asking me or Christoph? You, you fuckhead! I'm talking. Oh, to me, you. loved it. <laughs> that's what it was. Me. It's just because you asked me earlier. I was like, uh... <laughs> no, I loved it. I really did. Again, apprehend was apprehensive about the new vocalist at first, but now I'm fully on board with him. Okay. And this was an album that I, it had way more influences in it than I thought it did. Like, oh, for, for instance, on the opening track, Naysayers, it's like this suddenly breakdown to the like the ska rhythm. I was like, where did that come from? I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. There's like influences of ska, reggae, as well as like, you know, the fast get drunk in your face Celtic punk rock, which, you know, is the main yeah. highlight of this album. Yeah. I could definitely see a lot of these songs working quite well live. I mean, songs like Light in My Shadows, Sainted Millions, which I absolutely loved. Uh, the, the title track, uh, Through These Iron Sights, was another one I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it also had this nice mixture of ballads, like when you look at the album's closer, Good Night Make Men's, and it just closes out with this really sweet, heartfelt, touching ballad it was quite a nice mixture okay cool i mean the thing is with this style of music i mean as you said like you know there are certain songs that work live i mean i I think that with this style of music it's kind of written with the live environment in mind you know it's like (laughs) it's hard to sort of separate this kind of music from being in like a sweaty club like pissed jumping around you know it's it's just that love it's just that that this style of music is just it goes hand in hand i mean i I think that it's not a far stretch to suggest that 
Christoph is a fucking absolute lunatic when it comes to this kind of music. So uh, go on, Christoph, why don't you spunk off for us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, I mean, you're not fucking wrong. Any excuse yeah. for me to be able to fucking chug a pint of Guinness, throw some fists in a pit and fucking scream along with Celtic yeah. folk punk ballads is what i fucking live for you know like these guys are great i mean it's a notoriously one trick pony sort of genre of music really which is why it was so refreshing when you hear tunes that like throw you off by being like oh yeah here's a scar breakdown like like, like, athens to the north and stuff like that have the normal dropkick murphy sort of classic folk punk vibes and then you got wonder rust and you're like it's and like Naysayers has tiny bits and then Wonder Rust comes in. You're like, it is like a dirty scar song. Like it's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love bands like this. I love the fact that they're on point. I like that they're Australian and don't try to be Irish. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got you got a lot of bands in this sort of genre, like they try and put that Irish twist on it and it Yeah, makes they got a whole lot of mixture cheesy. of members. So I think like the bass player and the guitar guitarist and the mandolin player all australian uh the singer's american and the drummer's italian like they've got a pretty large mixture of nationalities which is really cool the mandolin work on um tell me what happened is fucking incredible oh yeah i love that it's just a shame that there wasn't more of it throughout because i'm a sucker for a mandolin it's like a civilized civilized banjo (laughs) <laughs> civilized man a banjo, that ain't gonna, a, a banjo that isn't gonna fuck your third cousin yeah it's gonna be a perfect <laughs> perfect start fucking on for on wednesday for st patrick's day smash this on seven o'clock a bit of fucking flogging molly live from ireland bang around uh yeah. drunk get them to play drunken lullabies i mean they probably will it's their biggest song just, just to point out, uh, just just before uh, I say anything, anything else. I mean, Barney did mention there that you know the, the kind of banjo that makes you want to fuck your third cousin. I just want to make it perfectly clear that this this record doesn't make you want to sort of tie your relative to a tree and sort of tell him you got a pretty mouth. Like this is a this is a, <laughs> this is a good, good, good fucking varied record. Um, like in uh. terms of my experience. Uh, as I said before, I mean, if I'm ever going to listen to this kind of stuff, it's the Dropkick Murphys for me. Just because, as I said, like, you know, it, they're like the kings of it, so to speak. But I thought this was great, though. I mean, uh, it, it did sort of remind me, <laughs> the minute I hit play, it, it was kind of like suicide, t- suicidal tendencies decided to do like a Celtic record just because it's got so much energy about it. Like the minute that you press play, naysayers has so much fucking energy it's, it's like getting punched in the face like immediately it transports you wherever you are straight into the middle of like a floor of a, cl- a like a hot sweaty club that the band are playing and uh <laughs> i mean i um I, I may have mentioned last week but i was on like a kind of i was doing well i was kind of like on a kind of alcohol free kind of binge uh, and this record, the, mi- the minute I played it, it immediately made me want to go to like, you know, smash a beer and just sort of, you know, regardless if I'm alone in my room, I just wanted to fucking drink a beer, chug it and just have a fucking whale of a time on my own. Uh, so this kind of stuff live, uh, very much like, again, I hate to say it again, but Dropkick Murphy's is biblical. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it's the kind of music that 
is just accustomed to being around your friends, being around strangers, if you like, and just having a fucking amazing time. Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully that's what's going to come later this year. I feel like this is going to be the album of 2021. Oh, you want your album of 2021? Yeah. No, I mean the album for 2021. No, oh, better times ahead. Sorry, right, I see. I mean, this okay. might be my album of 2021. We'll have to see as the year goes on because we've got a lot of very biblical releases coming up. Well, unless like Gojira decide to release a Celtic record, mate, I think you're all right. Uh, <laughs> oh, Celtic gonna... prog metal, bro. Yeah, they could do that, rock. like a Celtic version of Flying Whales. I'd be down for that. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding, ding. To see the whales. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this for what it's worth. I, you know, if you want a good time, then I really can't recommend this album enough, especially yeah. if you've got a few. Uh, alcoholic beverages at your disposal that you need to sort of get rid of quick. I think this is the perfect <laughs> soundtrack to it. Yeah. Um, Couldn't agree more. Cool. Uh, well, has any of you guys got anything else to add to the Rum Jacks before we, before we move on? Uh, not anything I can think of other than hopefully we'll get a chance to see them when they come over to the UK once things get better. Fingers crossed. Could you imagine how mad it would be if you had like these guys supporting Dropkick? Man? Yeah. Well, like, speaking of Dropkick Murphys, I think they've got an album coming out this year yeah, which we'll have to review have as they? well. Yeah, yeah, they released a new it's single coming out the April. other day. Yeah, they released a new single recently. Oh, cool! You, it's you gonna be it sick. Yeah, man. Nice. Okay, cool. Well, we'll uh, we'll be checking that out. Rest uh, rest assured. But wasn't that like the last gig you saw before lockdown, Christoph? Like Ali Pally. Yeah, Dropkick Murphy. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Dropkick Murphy. It was fucking ridiculous. Like you had like some fucking cunt with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica on his own he was really fucking good playing to about 50 people then he had like a really old bunch of fucking punk guys and this band called kneecap who i feel like they just dropkick murphy's just picked him up from a back alley it was like a bunch (laughs) of like teenage larry irish guys wearing fucking balaclavas jumping around (laughs) trying to rap like just screaming rap it was like the fucking irish version of king 810 it was like asteroid boys on fucking steroids, but somehow more shit. Yeah, I got a feeling I know who they are. Did Knee- you say I that... can't say I've heard of them? What were they called again? Kneecap. Kneecap. I'm pretty oh. sure they had like an orange. One of them had an orange balaclava. One of them white and one green. So no. they had like the Irish flag. Oh, dude, you need to check them out. They're the worst thing I've like. You've never seen so many people in one place dumbfounded for so long. Everyone was like, well, you can't fit fucking 3,000 people into the smoking area of Ali Pali for the next half an hour, can you? We may as well... <laughs> didn't even like, know Ali Pali had a smoking area. We may as well just, like, all support each other and just stay here and, like, well, fuck. It was yeah. fucking mental. I can't say I've heard of them, but they sound uh, interesting. If you need to, If you need to listen to something to make you angry... They're not the good kind of angry. Listen to them, motherfuckers. You, you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the the rubber band bandits. Have you <laughs> ever heard of those? What? No. They're called the rubber band bandits, right? They're like a uh, an Irish rap duo, and they basically oh, put like fucking bags for life around their faces and cut holes <laughs> around the eyes. Oh, well, so, to make sure like, they can breathe, obviously. Or do they well, cover the know. mouth bit so they suffocate? Well, obviously they cut a mouth hole out as well, so they can spiel out their, you know their words but like if if you're going to do anything after this uh obviously listen to the rum jacks but also listen to the rubber band bandits because uh 
they're an interesting band um let's put it that way that's who i was thinking of but anyway uh yeah cool well in that case that is again the rum jacks with their uh their fifth record i can't pronounce the name again oh hestia hestia okay cool uh which is out now all right so uh finally uh we're going to be talking about our slated and celebrated for the week uh so as i said in the intro this actually comes from a little band called ghost who uh who again are quite a uh quite a notorious band when it comes to uh metal circles so we're going to be talking about their record which came out around 2010 it is called opus ponymus which i believe from latin is translated to self-titled it's quite fitting 100 <laughs> so um ghost it's an interesting one because when we when we consider ghosts in a uh you know uh 2021 perspective ghosts are now looked at as a band that are these arena filling fucking superstars more or less you know i mean you look at ghost and they're like one of these bands that are considered just one of the most popular things in the genre that we we know and love but believe it or not rewinding back to about 11 years ago from their debut ghost one of those bands that a lot of people really really didn't understand i mean (laughs) me i'll be honest i'll pull my hands up saying me being one of them I, i i saw the way that they looked and assumed that they would sound like something heavier than Kristoff taking a shit after a stout binge. But, you know, they, they weren't that. They were, um, you know, they were, they were this very 80s, almost ABBA meets Hammer Horror style sound. And I, I was kind of racking my brains the other day in regards to, well, cast my mind back to around about 11 10 years ago i mean was there really anything out there at the time at least in metal circles that sounded remotely like ghost and uh you know i I couldn't really pull a band out of the hat so to speak that i mean there wasn't really anything that that really sounded like ghost um i mean granted there were bands around like that uh, very doom-esque bands like Candlemass that you could point towards uh, that had this very kind of doomy, satanic uh, feel to them. But uh, when it came to Ghosts themselves, especially off their 2010 debut, there really wasn't anything that I could really compare it to. So it, <laughs> in terms of the the debut Ghost album, Kristoff... Uh, <laughs> Was there any kind of was there anything that you could really have pointed towards when it came to Ghost's debut, or was this more or less like a very much like a oh shit, this is like a very much a brand new thing that a band are bringing to the metal scene? Um, they're a fucking weird one, aren't they? Because I, yeah. I think Ghost they have a very theatrical sound to them. But when you listen to them standalone, I think they're one of those bands that you need to see live or something that I'm guilty of never doing really nowadays is you need to watch their music videos. Yeah. And they've like got this fusion where you need both of those things together. I mean, individually, their music, once you're into them, it's fucking great. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're someone who, when you have that visual representation, because I didn't really get them at first. 
Yeah. And then I saw the video to Square Hammer and was like, oh, okay, this this sits hand in hand perfectly. Mm. But yeah, I think, like you said, the image to sort of how they sound is definitely going to shock people. But they're fucking yeah, bangs. Exactly. I mean, what about you, Barnaby? I mean, if you, for example, look at a picture of Ghost and then you listen to their debut record, what did you think in regards to the way that their debut record sounded? Honestly, it was like it was a bit of a shock. Now, I was going to point out there that I think I'm the opposite of you two, where it's like I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Ghost, but I definitely okay. don't hate them. Like, there's some songs I really do dig, but it's just honestly not quite my cup of tea. But the way yeah. they look and the way they sound just it doesn't match at first. But once you get <laughs> used to it, you're like, oh, okay, I can see the appeal. Like, it's just basically this band with this really satanic, Lucifer praying appeal. But yeah. yet you get a band that has a little bit more of a almost classical rock side when it comes to the instrumentation. Like they don't use a lot of gain through the guitars. It's almost like very light in terms of the way the instruments and instrumentation is like it's not very heavy as such at all. But yeah, it strangely works. Like I can't remember right. what I can't remember what band it was that did this. Uh, oh, it's raised. But the guys in Raised by Owls are a really funny bunch of people. <laughs> and they did like the how to write a ghost song sketch. And I was like, oh, just take an ABBA song and put distorted, distorted guitars over it. It's like, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny that because, because uh, based on what I've got in my notes, because when you, on the face of things, when you consider Ghost's debut records, you've got this very 80s, almost ABBA meets Hammer Horror style of sound, which I think that back in 2010, I mean, I remember, I mean, I, I didn't get it at first. I remember distinctly seeing a picture of Ghost and Melhammer, and I was thinking, oh, well, this looks like something that I could get on board with, you know? I mean, they look like this very kind of black metal-esque kind of uh, band. But then you put on their records, and you just thought, well, this sounds nothing like what they look like. You know, they, they were very much like a, it's in many ways, uh, they were kind of misleading because you look at Papa Emeratus, a.k.a. Tobias Forge, mm-hmm. at least version one of him. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, you see like this guy that's in like a very kind of uh, Pope, Pope-esque aesthetic, but he's got corpse paint on. You kind of assume that, OK, well, that's clearly he's, uh, you know, he's he's spoofing. Uh, the whole religious uh, side of things, and they're going to sound like, I don't know, like an early behemoth or immortal record. They're going to be like this crazy satanic black metal band. But yet when you put them on, uh, I mean, as you said, Barnaby, it, it's <laughs> it's very much like a uh, an ABBA slash Hammer Horror style of sound you know they're, they're, yeah, they're just, absolutely and immediately you're kind of like taken back by the fact that okay oh wait a minute they kind of they look this way but they sound like this and um i think that it really alienated a lot of of metalheads because i mean uh absolutely i at first i really really didn't understand ghosts uh i mean i I would go to festivals and I would see uh, loads of bands that would rock their merchandise. And I would think, okay, well, they must be pretty significant if you've got like (laughs) 
all these individuals and bands that are really good that are, that are sort of rocking their merchandise i would go to listen to it and i was like well, i don't understand the appeal i just don't get it like th- th- this sounds nothing like the bands that were wearing their merchandise but yet you know that they, they, they were they were just getting popular and popular and popular and i was like i i, I don't know what's going on and then you would look at the uh, the social media side of things and there would be you know all of these people and <laughs> these people in five finger death punch shirts that would be like blah 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 they they're, they're misleading they you know they look like a black metal band but they sound like you know fucking something that the lead singer from abba would put on his fucking bread <laughs> with some hummus it's just like <laughs> it's really like what's going on this is so misleading blah 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 and like i mean i'll hold my hands up i mean i i didn't like it but again i wasn't one of these people in like a you know a five finger death punch shirt that was like flying off the handle about them uh in too much monster like, energy yeah exactly you know um too much sort of like dry raw crust on your your knuckles <laughs> and um yeah i, I mean uh, although i didn't get it i wasn't one of these people that would oust them via the internet and uh if I'm honest, it wasn't until a number of years later, until their third record, that it really, truly clicked for me, uh, for Ghost. So 2015, they had brought out a record called Meliora. And I don't know what it was, but there was something about that record that just really connected with me in regards to the whole aesthetic and the way it sounded. I don't know if it had something to do with the fact that I was kind of becoming more and more engrossed within old school, like horror films. I just found that like, you know, the the more and more uh, I would listen to it, the more and more I would become engrossed in it. And from that point, so from 2015's Meliora, I mean that they had released, this was again, their third record. They had a debut, then their second record. Uh, I just found myself working back in regards to their back catalogue um, and going back to, you know, the, the, their, their debut with songs such as Ritual and Elizabeth and Prime Mover. And I was just so taken back with the fact that not only were these songs fucking incredible, but the fact that I had been so, well, I, I don't get it. Why are these so popular? Blah, blah, blah. It was very kind of like closed-minded approach to the way that you would listen to these songs. And from going to an album like Meliora, which was just such a classic with these massive songs, and then working my way back, I was just so taken back by the fact that, okay, well, I was clearly being a fucking idiot because this band have got so much going for them uh in regards to not only the songwriting but the songs just had this very uh just this very kind of like cult-esque feel about them you know i mean i've probably spunked about about them enough at this point i mean uh (laughs) christoph (laughs) i'll go to you mate I mean, uh, were you quite, I mean, as soon as you heard Ghost, were you immediately on top of them? Or was this more like me, like it was kind of like a gradual journey to appreciate how good they were? I mean, like I previously said, when I first listened to them, 
I think again you get like you get kind of bamboozled by the whole look to yeah. sound sort of thing. So I was a bit like, oh, well, that's not really what you kind of expected. But yeah. in the same note, it's the same with Kiss, you know, when you're a kid and you first see Kiss yeah. and it's gnarly and you're like, holy fuck, dude. And then you listen to them, you're like, oh, you're another glam rock band, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, but but people forget like when they're like, oh, the kid, you know, ghosts look like this, but they sound like this. It's like, yeah, but Kiss like looks like the first fully satanic crazy band and, yeah. and they just sounded like, you know, like you're Motley Cruz and every year, right? And it was the same with Ghost, and like I like I said earlier, it wasn't until I saw the video for Square Hammer when I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah," and I just slowly got more and more sort of consumed by them because like yeah. they've got this darkness, they've got this funkiness, they've got this follow, and like it might be a bit of a bold statement, but they're almost like a follow-up to like a Sabbathy sort of thing, you know? They've yeah. gone in no, with like their I'll writing agree. style, they're following yeah. the fact that they can go from groove to hard. They're not heavy, heavy. They're just like this perfect placement of music. Yeah, I'll agree and, to that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, and it's also quite an incredible thing to be a non-radio band that in 11 years you can go from established to selling out arenas with no yeah, problem, yeah. you know, like their last tour with Tribulation and all them witches, they weren't bringing as as great as both other bands are. It's not like you're buying the tickets because there's three massive bands and that's why the arena sold out. Mm, it's like, and like they get so much abuse because they're not heavy enough. Tobias is a dick. Let's face it, if you didn't listen to music or you didn't do things because a person's a dick, we wouldn't be friends like exactly you know like and yeah everyone's like oh but you know he sure he he screwed over the original band like mm -hmm. and then made them all session musicians which it's always going to suck that you're not going to hear things like year zero but you you take that away but musically they're great I mean, yeah. they kind of get like more the, soft, and I love that between band members and all that stuff between them. You never really yeah. know the whole story unless you know yeah. the band personally. And like their newer stuff as well, I love that they're not. He's not afraid to make new steps, keep it satanic, but make pop because you want things that you can get drunk and have fun to. You yeah. want well, look at songs. look at a song like look at a song like Rats. Yeah, and you want like Death Knell where it's like it's it's heavier. You want Ritual where it's heavier, but then you've got Rats and Mary on a Cross that you can just fucking get down to, you know? Like Kiss the Go-Go It's just so infectiously fun. And people are like, oh, no, they shouldn't have fun. They've got corpse paint on. Like, dude, these guys, like, yeah, I feel like they could appeal to everyone, but some people have that thing of like, like a Nickelback. I hate them. Why? Because everyone else does. I hate coriander because the internet says to hate. Co You're like, but <laughs> but why do you really hate ghosts? Like, and they're like, well, the internet and have your own opinions. Yeah, dude. Say. Like, oh, I don't this like this the one thing, song. Like... They've got so many aspects to them, but and theatrically, think... like, they're so much fun live. You know, seeing a grown ass man in a fucking white tuxedo and pimp hat ride yeah. out onto stage on a tiny little monkey bike and. Everything he does and every attention to detail that they have live is just like nothing else. Yeah. Well, you see, hey, the man. thing is, right, is that so, I mean, you guys have referenced, you know, songs such as Kiss the Go-Go and Rats. 
I mean, Ghost was such a different band uh, back in 2010 to the band that we know and love today. I mean, you go back to, you know, te- like 11, 10 years ago and uh, you see Ghost on a tour that supports Gojira and The Defiled. And they were just so separated from the type of music that they were being lumped into. In many ways, it's it's kind of... It's why I love a band like Typo Negative so much, because although Typo Negative were considered a metal band, you listen to Typo Negative and, you know, they're not a band that, you know, you associate a band like Typo Negative more with someone like The Cure or someone like Nine Inch Nails. But because they've got certain elements to their music that, uh, translate to you know somebody who listens to the heavier end of things such as like i don't know black sabbath or metallica or you know anything like that uh it's interesting the way that you know certain bands are pigeonholed and for a band like ghost you know i i listen to ghost i don't know what the fuck that was, that was um, a motorbike. <laughs> oh okay fair enough <laughs> it was so, my brethren. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the sound of my argument fucking going down the toilet. So um <laughs> you listen to uh, a band like Ghost and they're so different to many of their peers. Uh I mean I, I remember going back to a Bloodstock Bloodstock 2017, which is where Ghost headlined uh on the Saturday night, if I'm not not mistaken. And um you know, I remember being stood in the crowd, being so engrossed in the show and Tobias Forge being such a charismatic individual that, you know, it didn't it didn't matter that you were surrounded by a bunch of people that were in death metal T-shirts or in like, you know, whatever genre you want to call it, uh, because either way, it was just so encompassing, like, yeah. It it didn't matter if they sounded different to a death metal band or a heavy metal band or a hardcore band. They were just so engrossed in the alternative scene and, and you know, that whole sort of horror aspect. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I mean, when it comes to metal and my music tastes, I love the fact, I mean, I love horror movies and I love the fact that there's music out there that complements horror movies. And at the same time, there's horror movies out there that complement the music that I'm interested in. And the fact that a band like Ghost can incorporate so much of that, such as the the aesthetic of horror movies and the way that you think that they should sound in like these atrocious scenes. Um I was just so engaged in what they were doing. But regardless, despite all of that, and despite the fact that I was so engrossed in this, you know, you still had people around me that were like, you're shit, you're sellouts. You shouldn't be headlining Bloodstock. Why aren't Slayer doing it? Why aren't, you know, 
Sounds like the exact reaction Parkway Drive had. <laughs> yeah, this is it. It's like all of these idiots that were in like Sabaton shirts and Five Finger Death Punch shirts and, you know, whatever. They just thought, you know, I'm going to call it hamburger metal for the most part. Like, you know, <laughs> if like if people think that it's not as immediate as like a fucking McDonald's Happy Meal, then they're not going to be interested. You know, people don't like to work with their music. People don't like to kind of... Uh, they want their music to be as accessible as a fucking Happy Meal. Whereas with Ghost, you've kind of got to work with them until you reap the benefits, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's the same with any kind of challenging music. You know, you've, you, you've just got to kind of, you've got to listen to it so much to a point where you really feel like, okay, well, I get this now. Uh, whereas, you know, you put in a, a five-finger death punch album and you don't need to worry about that. You just think, oh, this is great immediately, you know? Whereas a lot of people are just like, oh, fuck that. I don't want to work for music. I just want music to be immediately brilliant as soon as I put it on. Fuck that. But this is it. Like When you carve out your own thing, you're always going to get a lot of controversy because, like, you can you can line up fucking 10 15 bands that sound like five finger you know like oh bad wolves they're just a five finger cover band yeah like like bands like that and then when you find someone like ghost or like ghost main someone who's not afraid to do whatever the fuck they want and you can listen to like one ghost song you know you can listen to like he is and you're like oh this is nice and pretty and okay and then you can listen to like eliza elizabeth elizabeth however they he pronounces um, it differently. Yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and Syracle. You like, they're three completely different sounds of one band, and people will listen to one song, and go the shit. You know what? Well, they're not. They're unashamedly able to do whatever the fuck they want. It's the same yeah. as him. Like, yeah. they're a yeah. band to Perfect carve comparison. out, yeah. carve out your own style. Yeah, and people are going to hate it because you can't go. Oh, okay, I want to listen to a band who are similar to Ghost. And you know, like, well, yeah. in some places tribulation, and that's about where it kind of ends. Yeah. yeah. I feel you like, I feel like of, um oh sorry, Chris, I've gone. No, it's fine. Whereas like you can you can find Metallica and then you can find a hundred bands that sound similar to Metallica in some way. You can be like, Oh yeah, I'll have some trivium. I'll have some this, I'll have some that. And like it's it's easy to find a comfort zone, whereas when something hits you that's new, it's like that that fear of change, and you're like, I can't relate to this sound because it's not familiar, so I'm not gonna give it the time and day, and I'm not gonna let them evolve. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But as long as they keep on doing what they're fucking doing, like Tobias has gone and said their new album's gonna be a pop album. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's gonna be insane, dude. I'm gonna be stoked on that. Like, yeah. And I love the fact that he's unashamedly like, I want to do what I want to do. If you don't like it, well, that's fine. I do my music for me. Yeah. Which you can see it as either dickish or like, I got a lot of respect for that. You know, you're not trying to pander to someone. You're not trying to fit someone's specific needs or fit yeah. a market. No, I completely respect that. I really do. And I feel like Ghost has, uh, what I wanted to say was like, Ghost has highlighted that the metal community needs more bands that are pushing the envelope and doing something that's like, Nobody's ever done this before. Well, fuck it. Why not? Let's go for it. Like, take a band that get a similar amount of hit to Ghost. Like, take Baby Metal, for instance. Now, I'm not really a fan of Baby Metal's music as such, but I really appreciate what they're doing in the 
for the metal community where they're doing like, oh, this is basically fucking J-pop with fucking thrash metal backing tracks over it. And it's bonkers. And for the metal community, divert and diversifying it, it's brilliant. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Ghost is doing. It's like, we need more bands like Ghost. And I feel like when they came onto the scene in 2010 with this album, that's when they're like, something different needs to be done in the metal community. Let's just go out there and do it. And that's mm-hmm. why, even though the music's sort of 50-50 for me, I do really appreciate that we have bands like Ghost pushing things forward in terms of diversity and making something different. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean again, it, it, it's kind of... Nothing really fills my heart full of more joy than seeming countless and countless, amount, countless amounts of people moaning about the fact that this band have you know 11 years later this band are selling out arenas and this band are being kind of uh championed as like the next download headliners yeah uh, and that th- th- there's a reason for that you know it- it's not because they look fucking satanic as fuck and they sound like this other thing it's because they've got the songs to back it up with exactly you know? Uh, like as 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 ghost has like progressed i mean <laughs> there's like they've developed a back catalog now that's as big as any band you want to name you know i could probably rattle off a set list right now that could quite easily keep uh audience such as download size uh engaged you know and i, I think when it comes to uh the, the whole popularity side of things sometimes you have got to take risks in order for a band to become elevated and to become the size that they are i mean you look at i don't know slipknot for example back in 2008 when slipknot released their fourth record uh all hope is gone you know they were they were in the same position as ghost when it came to you know they could easily sell out an arena quite easily you know that's fine but when it came to headlining a festival like download that seemed like a bit of a stretch Mm. but yet they got confirmed as download headliners one day in 2009 you had loads of skepticism people like what's going on this band don't deserve to headline download blah 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 they headline it and they become a fucking overnight sensation, you know. It, it, it basically overnight they become this band that were once this band that headlined arenas, and then overnight they become this band. Fuck's sake! That's way funnier than it should Overnight they become this band that are like it's a no-brainer that they're headlining festivals. And I kind of feel that Ghost are in that same position now where Ghost could quite easily become this band that are, of course, they headline arenas. And then the minute yeah. that they do a headline set at a festival, it becomes the same deal. Like, of course, they're yeah. a band that can headline festivals because they've got such a, a perfect back catalogue of songs and anthems that could easily fill a field full of like 80,000 people. Like, yeah. Well- it's not just it's that. Only a it's, matter also of... the, it's also the stage show they can bring as well. Like, imagine the backdrop and the pyro. Well, I don't, I'm not yeah. sure if Ghost are big into their pyro. You might, you guys probably know oh, more about that. Oh, yeah. And they're just, big, imagine, like... just imagine the stage show they can bring as well. That's what a, he- a band that's going to headline down to these. You can't just like play the fucking show of your lives technically. You have to also bring a ma- an amazing stage show. And I feel like Ghost could definitely do that. 
This yeah. is it. I mean, when we when Stephen and I went and saw them, they basically recreated a fucking church. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was massive. It was floor to ceiling. This giant tapestry that was stained glass with the previous papas in the stained glass. There's fucking big, they made steps and separate stages. There was fucking flower ornaments hanging out of everything. Like, they're not just a big band because they make good music and stand there and play their fucking classic tunes. Like, they've invested not just in their sound, but they've invested so much money into bringing this visual show that's undeniably incredible and choreographing these things. And it's not just a stage show in like that sense, but there's the theatrics that comes with it, you know, when he cycles through all the papas and has a storyline and just every fucking thing that they do is so meticulously thought out. And yeah, Tobias is a fucking genius and people mastermind. Yeah, exactly. He's he's insane. Yeah. And I think also Ghost are the perfect brainchild of his previous black metal efforts that he did. Mm-hmm. And Magna Carta Cartel, like this really trippy, chilled out, weird, rocky vibes. Yeah. Um, the dude has just worked so hard to create this incredible thing. And personally, yeah, I think it's fucking dope. Yeah. I mean, you, you, all you got to do is, is look at his back catalogue as a counter argument to all of these idiots that are like, why the fuck should Ghost deserve, you know, the popularity that they get, that they're getting? And uh, yeah, we got to do is look at the the history of Tobias Forge and. and I mean, the... not just that. Look at the fucking streaming numbers that they're getting on Spotify as well. Yeah. Like their music is clearly going in the right direction. Like take from the from the pinnacle to the pit, for instance, off of uh, Meliora. That's got over twenty eight million streams. Like yeah. they're obviously doing something right when you can pull in those numbers for a song. Yeah, for a band uh, in the rock and metal world as well. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of like a, it's a guarantee that this band are going to become, yeah, the the next bands to become those like yeah. download headliners. It's yeah. it's ine- it's inevitable. And um, yeah, I'm I'm sorry if anyone listening is you know is very much kind of, uh, part of the I don't get it, uh, persuasion. Uh, all I can say is is that watch them live approach it with an open mind and (laughs) you will get it eventually because this band are undeniable when it comes to you know their albums and uh and especially the way that they present themselves live it's just it's kind of nice to know that there's people such as us that know that this band are eventually going to become as big as what they're inevitably going to inevitably going to be. And I, you know, I, I can't wait for the day that we're all going to be stood in the middle of Donington and we're all going to be looking at this band thinking like, we told you while everyone's going to be losing their shit, basically. RIP oh, podcast yeah, predicted it here. We will exactly. Like, Can you imagine yeah. just looking around and everyone's losing their shit to rats, rats. or square hammer or fucking uh, from the pinnacle to the pit, and everyone's going to be singing their heart out, and we're just going to be stood back with our arms crossed, like we told you. Yeah, uh, it's basically yeah. it's inevitable, and it's going to be it's going to feel so good when that day does come. Absolutely, I feel like uh, in regards to with my personal taste of ghost, I feel like I will warm up to them a little bit more eventually. I feel like yeah. I'll probably have the same journey you two both did because now after hearing tunes like mostly stuff off of Prickwell, their latest album, I was like. 
okay, I can see the appeal. Like, Rats is extremely captioned. I, I dug it. Yeah. This is, uh, I went from like, I don't really get it to actually, this is quite good. And then I loved them when we went and saw them live. But afterwards, I'm like, I think I've got a new favorite band here, guys. Yeah. So like, yeah. like, shit, like, also, download, please get, get these guys to headline instead oh. of a day to remember. Please. Oh. If there's any justice in the world, day, a day to remember will be on the fucking Pepsi Max stage while fucking Ghost are headlining. Um, Degenerate. Yeah, one hundred percent. All right. Well, if nothing, if, if anyone's got anything else to say on Ghost, uh, that about does her. I mean, granted, we didn't really speak much in terms of their debut, but this was more a kind of like an appeal to people that didn't quite understand yeah. their debut. It's a good. Record. It's a good album. Uh, it's fucking great. I mean, as I say, you, you can't go wrong with um, with, with songs like Ritual, Elizabeth, and, and Prime Mover. But in case you guys were struggling to realize why Ghost are as big as they are now, it's, it's important to realize where they started from. And when you consider the fact that, you know, it took Slipknot about 10 years to headline download from their debut record, and Ghost, their debut was 2010, we're in 2021 now. You know, it's no coincidence that it took 10 years for uh, a band to really a really fucking good band to appeal to such a mass audience. And uh, I feel that Ghost are just so close to being that band that appeal to 80,000 people as opposed to 800 people in a tiny venue. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, again, that about does it for this week's episode of RIP podcast. So. As ever, always do appreciate you guys listening. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, our YouTube page. Give it a like and subscribe. Give us some shit. We'll give you some shit back. We won't hold back. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll Before be, we go, uh, can I just mention one thing? Go on then, mate. I mean, you did um, your appeal, your public announcement last week. So what's this yeah. week? Uh, this isn't about uh, trying to find a vocalist for any band or anything as such. But <laughs> I just wanted to give a quick shout out again to the guys in Product of Hate, who we reviewed a few episodes back. Their latest record, we you brought this war, is really starting to take off on US radio. They put a post up, I think it was a few days ago, about the chart positions they got in the States. We just want to say that we're absolutely fucking stoked that you guys are doing really, really well. You guys uh, fucking deserve it. Yeah, fucking awesome record that is. I keep I keep listening to that, man. It's just, it's so good. It's so fun. yeah. I really hope they get to come fucking UK side eventually because I'd love to see them live and fucking lose my shit to Rapture. Yeah, man, one hundred percent. Cool. All right. Well, uh, once again, uh, thank you very very so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with uh, with more bullshit. So uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. So uh, bye for now, bye for now, everybody. Fuck you very much. Goodbye. Later. <laughs> Oh, fuck off.